Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Look, I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah, I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. I'm just trying to spend the night with it. Yeah, I just want to be all right with it. Yeah. I wanted to record a bonus episode for you guys this week with Matt, but unfortunately scheduling didn't allow for that. But I did promise you guys a bonus episode at the end of this week's main episode, so I got to deliver on that. And there are a couple of things I did want to touch on, and we'll keep it quick. One, the Celtics versus the Bucks, obviously a big game, and we didn't really get to focus much on the Celtics last episode. Obviously, we try to do that at the beginning of each show, and... Look, yeah, there were some good things. Obviously, they came back, lost by, I think it was about five. Um, that's all good and well. But there were some – I mean, you can't keep starting slow in the first – in these games like the Celtics have throughout the majority of the season. And when you're going against the Bucks, you look, not having Jalen Brown, absolutely important. I think we saw some of that throughout the course of the game, especially in the first half when he's kind of – when he's on, he's providing that first half jolt where Tatum usually takes a while to get going. Kemba is sometimes it's the first half, sometimes it's the second half. Obviously, in this game, scored 40 and it was balanced throughout pretty much. I mean, 24 in the second quarter, obviously a little bit heavier there. But my guy that I'm having a problem with most in all this is Gordon Hayward. Whenever I write about, you know, they, they play a lesser opponent and Gordon Hayward does well, usually it's come off of injuries or, or whatever, it's like a, a rough stretch, and then you go play against a bad team and you do well. I know everybody wants to say, oh, that's what you're supposed to do against the bad teams and it doesn't mean anything. Yes, that is what you're supposed to do against the bad teams. At the same time, if it's a guy who's slumping, I know full well that can get him going in the right direction. It's like anything else when you when you have a shooter who's not shooting well and then they go to the free throw line, they see a shot go down, they get their rhythm, whatever. It's kind of along the same lines. And, and, and again, you can call it momentum, you can call it confidence, whatever, that's fine. But that's those are supposed to help. But when you go and play well against them, and then you play Philly and do nothing, and then you play the Bucks and do nothing. And, and look, I get numbers are not the end-all, be-all, but Hayward has to score. And when he goes 1 for 10 in a game like that where you have no Jalen Brown, I'm sorry, that's a problem. That's concerning. And I know on Dale and Keith the other day, Keith asked me, would you trade Hayward uh, you know, for, for Andre Drummond? No, I wouldn't trade Hayward. Obviously, I wouldn't trade him in general. There, there's pro- there, I'm sure there are some deals out there where I would, but in general, I wouldn't. But I will say, when it's happened now twice with him, to, where he's had these big games lately and he's not stepped up, it's, what, what's going on, Gordon? 
What, how are you not making a difference, really, in, at the end of things? Yeah, the defense, there were some moments that's good, but offensively, you you got to step up. And if and if Tatum comes out and he's what um, – he was what he was eight, 8 for 20 by the end of the night. So, I mean, like, that's, that's fine. Um, but, I mean, Hayward, 1 for 9 from 3 in – Where's why aren't you attacking the basket like you normally do? That's the other thing. When he's when he's on, he's slashing and takes a few three pointers throughout the course of the game. He's not like most most guys in the league now. So that was an issue. Um, at the same time, Marcus Smart is clearly moving in the right direction with his scoring. Obviously, he had that that rough stretch when he was all banged up, and then once he came back after the eye infection, he looked pretty much just as bad as he had before, right before the eye infection. I think that, look, I think with Smart, it's, he's, he wants it and he's going to go get it. And especially when other guys aren't doing what needs to be done, you don't have Jalen Brown, Hayward's not stepping up and, um, and Tatum is, is playing fine, but not what you necessarily expect. I know he's, he's doing well defensively and, and the rebounding was there, but when you have when you're playing the Bucks, you're you have to do a little bit extra, especially on the offensive end, especially without Jalen Brown. Smart's the guy who's stepping forward. He did the same thing against Philly too. So as much as you know, I, I'm not always comfortable with him taking as many shots as he is, and I, I definitely don't like the idea of him taking a shot at the end of the game like that. Um, he went five for ten from three. Like he's doing a lot of the right things. Um, so it's it, you gotta. I, I mean. If no one else is going to do it, you can't just expect Smart to sit, sit back and, and idly and just let let the game go away. Like that's the one thing that you got to give him is he's not going to let the Celtics go down without at least trying to put up a fight on his own. But I mean, the, the biggest issue I think is just again the, the first half. If you can't like I hear all the time, right? We hear all the time the shots just weren't falling. You hear from Brad, you hear from the players, whatever, and you, and you don't just hear from the Celtics. It happens everywhere, and, and I get that. I, it's it, that is definitely a thing. I understand it with the way um, guys approach things, but if the shots aren't falling and you're not going to try and attack the rim more, which I would think that would be the, the resolution offensively, your defense has to make up for it. And a team that prides prides itself on its defense, how the hell are you going to let up 28 points in the first half when you have never when you haven't done that in a game all season long? I get it. They have Giannis. That makes a huge difference, no doubt. But you again, you've you've played Giannis already this year. I know it was a different point in the season, but you've played him already. He didn't do that. They didn't do that in the, over the course of a full game. Never mind one half. Twenty eight fast break points. That is bananas for a team that's one of the best at denying that. So that's a problem. And then on top of that, in the half-court offense, the Bucks were out of their minds in the first half. Now, what, they went like 11 for 12 to start the game? That's ridiculous, okay? But there were some shots that were contested, but there were quite a few that weren't. And if you're the Celtics, where your, your, your calling card is perimeter defense, not your interior defense— I mean, that that can't happen. I know George Hill and, and a few other guys were like, or, or, George Hill's out of his mind this year. He's shooting like 50 per, over 50% from three. I, I just, I mean, George Hill's, I've always, I, I mean, George Hill was on that Bucks, uh, I'm sorry, Bucks, the Pacers team with Paul George that um, that put up a fight against LeBron James and everything. So I've, I've always, I'm always going to respect George Hill. But the, I mean, he's on a, a, a totally another level this year. Um, but either way, there were too many quality looks along the perimeter, and 
it's just unacceptable. You cannot let that happen um, if you're the Celtics, and, and especially if your shooting is not there. If you cannot go blow for blow with them, then you have to make an extra effort on the other end of the floor to make sure that the gap isn't 18 points by halftime. Because then, oh, I don't know, maybe you win that game if it's, I mean, even if it was, t- if you cut it to 10, that then, then yes, I understand the math doesn't add up, but you approach things differently at the end of the game if it's a, you know, if you're tied, if they, they, the Bucks might get tighter, whatever. If it's a 10 point game at halftime or or a 12 point game at halftime, like that makes a difference. So it's just. Actually, if it was a 10 or 12-point game, then yeah, on the math alone, then the Celtics would have won that game. So it's just the first half, 76 points. I, I get it. The Bucks are good and Giannis and you have to have a superstar, blah, 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 blah. That, that's a winnable game for the Celtics and they can hang with the Bucks. I firmly believe that. Their offense off the bench is, is clearly an issue. And I know I wrote about the, and I wrote more about um, this, the, all the stuff I'm talking about on EI.com, but it's a lot, I'm hitting on a lot of the same points that I wrote about, just kind of trying to expand on it a little more. But with the, um, with the bench scoring too, that's another problem uh, that I think has become more significant of an issue than I realized that it was going to be at the beginning of the year. So look, when Mark Smart's coming off the bench, he scores. When uh, Cantor, uh, you know, look, nine points out of him, that's fine. Like, you can't expect him to go and score double digits every single night. The, the real issue is when one of, the, one of the starters is hurt and Smart has to play, you don't have another scorer off the bench. Ide- ideally to me, like, that's not – Marcus Smart's not your top scorer off the bench either. And, and really, the, the more the issue is you don't have another perimeter threat coming off the bench. Carson Edwards, I, I mean, I don't know how seriously Brad Stevens thought he was going to be that, but it looked like he was Carson Edwards was going to be that. And Thursday he's playing up in Maine. And that's not that's not like a it's not like the Celtics are doing anything wrong. It's Carson Edwards that's where he needs to be right now. And he because he went 0 for six from three. So he's struggling. You can't use Tramont Waters a ton right now because he's got he's got his limited days and everything. And after that, it's Shemi, who's gotten better, but I mean, he's still not there. And Grant Williams, who's gotten better, but he's still not there. Wanamaker, I mean, he clanged one last night. That was, <laughs> but that's that's kind of a point. It's just they, 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 that, I mean, and I think that's why when we see the names that the Celtics are linked to, which is what I was getting to that they wrote about, it looked like they're going after a stretch four when they look at Bertans, when they look at Danilo Gallinari. I know Drummond's in there too, but clearly it's a little bit different with, with the other two. There's there's a theme. And I would imagine if they're going to make a move or pick someone up off the off of the, um, oh my God, what's the word that I'm looking for? If they pick guys up off the, not the waiver wire, the buyout market, off the buyout market, they're going to look for a guy who can help stretch the floor, I would think. doesn't necessarily need to be a big-time scorer, someone who's going to go and get 10 a game, but someone who could be good for two, three-pointers a night, maybe shoot 30. If they can shoot league average, then all right, then we're in business. I, I think that's what the Celtics need right now. I think that's the the one thing that would make – and maybe Tremont Waters can help with that when he comes uh, – you know, somewhere down the line, but I just don't know that that's going to be. Or maybe Carson Edwards. You know, maybe that's what they're trying to get him back to uh, up in Maine. But that's that's that one addition that they're missing at this stage in the game. Now, two other non-Celtics things. Uh, one kind of Celtics related, but um, first, John Morant. Obviously, you guys know that uh, on Five Out, we are big fans of him because he just is. Um, 
I mean, he's electric. He's one of the he's one of the most entertaining players in the game right now. And he was up for being in the dunk contest. Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports reported on Thursday that Morant is not going to play or not going to participate in the dunk contest. And I just want to get a quick thought on that. I mean, it's the dunk contest was forever the ultimate all-star weekend event. Like I get being an all-star is huge, but the the real awesome event is the dunk contest. And when you can't get the the big name guys, and I get it, Jaws in Memphis, he wasn't as as big of a name as Zion or maybe even Barrett. I guess depending on who you ask, coming out of college, just because Barrett was you know where he was at Duke and everything. But I mean, I I think that people are are underestimating how well known John Morant is now. When when I hear that, first of all, second, I mean. As a as a player, I don't understand. I don't understand why a guy wouldn't want to do it. Like I get it if you're playing. I don't know if if you're like if it's football and it's the Pro Bowl. I can understand why you wouldn't want to do it. But then again, there aren't concerns over injuries with baseball. There's the home run derby, and I get that because that does impact guys' swings. But with the dunk contest, other than the fear of injury. I don't know why aren't we doing it? And LeBron started that whole trend. He's the one that ruined it. And and. I, I have no problem blaming him on that because it's, it's, it's just, that, is, that is true. Guys look at it differently because of him. You haven't had the same superstar names because of him in the league he, because he doesn't want to do it. And I just don't understand what his deal is. I feel like he's been asked and I just can't recall what it is. But anyways, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. My point is that I wish Morant was doing it. Hopefully someday he does it because the kid's got springs and he's fun and, and I'm sure he can think of something creative because, I mean, you just watch him with the ball in his hands and dribbling alone. I mean, he's just – he's he's different. He's very different and and I think he's great for the game and having him in the dunk contest would be too. Uh, last thing, speaking of point guards and the Celtics, obviously Kyrie Irving made his remarks about his new teammates and I did touch on that with Dalen Keefe as well. But I just – for those who didn't hear that, it is it, you guys know that I'm if you've been listening to the show since its inception um you know that I'm not a typical I'm not a Kyrie basher and I say I say bashers like it's like it's unwarranted but I mean it's it's not I I do get it but I've just refused to buy into like this whole he is absolutely 100% a jerk and there's no question about it. I I have I can't I haven't been able to get on board with that because I just I don't believe that anybody is 100% just a jerk. I mean, you look at Antonio Brown and what he's doing. I mean, yeah, he's there's something there uh, off for sure. But like, you want to say he's a total jerk? Yeah, I can get behind that. But Kyrie's not doing that kind of stuff. So that's where it's like I, it's, he I I think um, I, my thought process is he doesn't. He does. He ha- wants to do it his way, and he thinks he can do it his way. And he's he's a little bit too smart for his own good. He's smarter than he thinks. He's smart, but he's not as smart as he thinks he is. Anyway, my point is, kind of when it, when you boil it down, and then you hear him make these comments, yeah, he is a jerk. I mean, you can't say that. You were out twenty six games. You got guys trying to hold things together, keep fans invested in and interested. You have Joe Harris, who's asked to do more. Torian Prince, who's asked to do more. Jared Allen, who did good in the first half of those game, first stretch of those games, he struggled of late. I understand that, but those guys are all 
pulling their weight, and then you go and you sent you mention like seven guys, and those three that I just mentioned, Torian Prince, Jared Allen, and Joe Harris are not among that group. I'm sorry, that's messed up. I heard um, Anthony Puccio of um, Nets Daily, the, the SB Nation Nets site, was talking about it tonight on Twitter, and he said uh, that there was like a, a Torian Prince Instagram post. He didn't see it, but he got word of it. I haven't seen it. I, I mean, I don't blame these guys for being pissed. Man, if that's my teammate, if, if seriously, if I played with a guy who went and did what Kyrie did, I would not associate with myself with, I would not talk to him more than I have to. And if that messes with team chemistry, then fine, trade me. But I'm sorry, like, I'm all about you got to work with guys like who you don't get along with, who you don't like. I understand that. And I'm not saying you don't give your full effort and everything and try and win. And you work with that guy as much as you have to to win and be successful. But if he's going to go and throw you under the bus like that, I mean, personally, like if I like, let's just say I'm. Let's just say for right now, I'm Torian Prince and Theo Pinson, who's on, who also doesn't get mentioned it. But in fairness, a little bit of a different case. But if I'm Theo, if I'm if Theo Pinson says, "Hey, you want to go? You want to go get food?" I say, "Sure." But then the second I find if Kyrie then is going to tag along, and, and Joe Harris could be there too, and Jared Allen, whatever, or and whoever uh, DeAndre Jordan. The second Kyrie's there, I'm sorry, I'm not going. I'm out. I'm not going to go and say it's because Kyrie, but I wouldn't want to be there. Because what Kyrie did, because it's it's a little different than what he did to the Celtics. I argue this is worse, personally. And, and it may, for the Nets, not turn into as much of an issue because Kyrie has his whole crew there that he wants. But what he did to those guys was, he did, I mean, like, you don't, tr- you're not respecting them as a human being. To me, that's a guy who went and is, guys who are trying to do more than they are normally asked to do and then you just basically said to him, you know, you gave him a little pat on the head and said, you know, nice job, little boy. And now please get out of the way. Like you're, you're not good enough to be here. That's how I, I, I would. I'm not. I'm not gonna go and create a stink. But I'm just not. I'm not gonna go and. I'm not gonna be around someone like that more than I have to be. This is just how. And I. And if I mean I don't know. Torian Prince just got an extension with the Nets for two more years after this season. So I don't know how that works in terms of if they'd have to, how they, when they can move him, if that have, they couldn't do it. I think you can't move him this year, but they could after the season. I mean, I don't know. If I'm trying Prince, I might, I might want to get moved. I mean, and and Joe Harris doesn't necessarily have to sign an extension. I don't know if Kyrie could have missed, left some of those guys out, but guess what? You, you don't mention people specifically either. Like if you want to go on, if you're a Nets fan, listen to this. You want to take that angle. If you're, if you have, if you're as smart as Kyrie, is you don't mention people specifically because then you don't run into this issue. It's that simple. But I'm not. I think that's that's enough on the Kyrie front. Uh, we will be talking to you guys next week. I think we're going to be out on Wednesday. Keep an eye out on Twitter. We always got Fennis Demo asking us, so uh, we'll uh, we'll be tweeting that out for sure. What it do, baby? Yeah, you already know. I'm just trying to be alright with it. Yeah, I'm just trying to be alright with it. Yeah, I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to spend the night with it. Yeah. I just want to be alright with it. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Hey, I got no resolutions. I'm just hoping for some. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.